0: Uh, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, I want to talk to you this morning about the love of God and the, and the priority that love should be for the Christian. And I'm hesitating a little bit because I feel God stirring in me a little. So I may go off script, sister, so it's okay if you don't have what I'm put. What i going to say. But if you turn in Galatians chapter 5, when you find it, stand with me for the reading of the Word. Galatians 5, the Bible tells us, if we go, skip down to verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, and let us not be conceited, become conceited provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this message this morning. Lord, that the words that come out of my mouth be your words today. Lord, let this not be a message that I'm speaking, but it's a message that you, Lord, are speaking to your children. And Lord, I I thank you that you are the faithful one. You are our all in all. You're from everlasting to everlasting. As, as she sang earlier, your name is above all other names. And so, Lord, as we listen to your voice this morning, I pray that you would come into this room today. And, Lord, I, I ask that, that the message that is spoken here, as we understand your evidence of love in our lives, that, God, that you would get glory and honor and praise for it all. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I wanted to begin this passage here because I, I, today we're talking about love. And we're talking about the love of God and how it's evidence in our lives and how we are to show forth love in this church and how we are to show forth love everywhere you go. Love is the priority of everything that you do. Love should be your number one thing. If you are going to be known by anything in this life, in the name of God, it has to be love. You cannot be known in the kingdom of God, and the reason why is that we're, we'll see in First Corinthians chapter thirteen that there is a there is a lot of things about love that 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 are. That are preeminent. They last longer than things of this world. Let's let's, let's put it like this. Paul makes the point in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 of of the primacy of, of the spiritual gifts and how they operate and what they're supposed to do and how prophecy and healings and miracles and speaking in tongues and word of knowledge and all these things are important in the body of Christ. But in 1 Corinthians 13, he makes certain that you realize that all of those things are meaningless without love. And as Christians, we are we are called to be people of love. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, that even if we have the tongues of men and angels and have not love, it profits us nothing. There's no there's no profit for your soul. There's nothing that that, that is is beautiful that, about your life if you're not loving God, if you're not loving people. Love is so important. Paul makes it clear that at the very end of the chapter, of 1 Corinthians 13, 13, that at the end of it, of the, the faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love. Out of all the things in your life you need to have applied to your life, it's love. Love for God, love for people, love for for brothers and sisters in Christ. Brother Ronnie, can you do me a favor? You turn the air conditioner up. My fingers are going to break off here. It's freezing. Anybody all right? Some of you ladies, you got your blankets. I don't have no blanket. I don't ain't about to die up here. Thank you, sir. Whew. it's cold. Good. Me and Jerry, we're all right. We're freezing. Anyway, hey, when something's distracting, you just take care of it, and then move on. When we are when we are talking about love, it is the Bible tells us the greatest example of love is Jesus coming into this world, Philippians chapter two, verses five through nine. This is the greatest example. Paul tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ is the one that died for us, that helped us, that even though we weren't out, even though we didn't know God, God loved us. And so we we talked a little bit about this in my Sunday school class this morning, and 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 where we are in in this world, and what I, I want to see happen in this church is that the number one thing characteristic, more than we see miracles, more than we see see all kinds of fruit of the spirit, more than we see all kinds of spiritual gifts happening in the church, of which, of course, I want to see if we. Don't love one another and love this community and love around us, it will profit us nothing. And no matter how powerful our services are, if we go out there and treat people like dirt, it profits us nothing. It won't impact the community. You won't see change. You won't see the blood of Jesus coming to people's lives. Because what will happen is that we we become soldiers of our own agenda. And we are creating an atmosphere by which uh, only we are glorified. It's not about East Point Church of God. It's about the kingdom of God and the love of God. And that His kingdom comes first. Amen. Go ahead. Give God praise. So... So in your life today, as, as, the, as believers, as people that love Jesus, you are, you are called to be, to be evidentiary of love, meaning that the Spirit of God is supposed to come forth from your life. We teach and preach about about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we believe that the the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking with other tongues. But you know, something that is very important that I believe is that people that are Spirit-filled should be the lovingest people you've ever met in your life. They shouldn't be the most sourpuss people that you've ever seen in your life. There are some people, y'all with me? There are some people that are so righteous that they're 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 they're, they're, they're better than well, never mind. But they've got it convinced themselves that they cannot love people to the point where listen, loving somebody is not excusing their sin. That, 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 that is something that we, that they're afraid of. And I understand that. I'm raised in the church of God. I, I know us. I know our tradition. I know our culture. I, I know this. This is why we connect so well because I know you very well, even though I never met you until about three and a half years ago. The reason why is I understand the culture. I understand where we are. I know about what's going on. And I know that there are sometimes, I remember in my church growing up, we we had, we remember how we, I I still take in members the old fashioned way. A lot of people don't do that anymore, but I still like it. But they bring in the members and we stand up and remember when I say, does anybody have anything against any, any church reason? I remember one council member years ago stood up and said, she's wearing makeup so she can't be a member of our church that's the place I was raised y'all we're strict if you were happy you weren't church of God apparently yeah with me and so the reality is is that we we have come a long way a long way from those days I don't think I'm that old but it seems like it longer it goes and the reality is is that, that these external things, and what was interesting that the pastor did at that time is he turned around and said, we still love her. And we still care for her. And she became a member that night anyway. And that man's voice lost it, actually. He had a stroke later and uh, lost the ability to speak. Don't mess with God. Amen? Everybody's like, I'm getting my makeup on tonight. <laughs> but here's the thing when we are so wrapped up on the external and we don't look at the heart, this particular lady is one of the lovingest people you ever met. She'd do anything for you, loved you. She was an asset to that church and an asset to her church where she is right now. I know, I know. And uh, the, the reality is, is that we have gotten to the point in our lives and we've gotten to the place years ago that we were so scared of losing the power of God that we forgot that loving people and loving God is the way that the power of God stays in your life. We we, we, dealt, we told people, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, so that they could guard the power. No, it's not about guarding the power. By loving God and loving people, you are actually making room for more power to be able in your life. And and, and loving, like I said, it's not excusing someone's sin. In fact, you can lovingly tell them if you don't turn and move into a right direction with God, you're going to lose everything with the Lord. You're going to lose your blessing. You're going to lose things in your life. You can can correct people in a loving way. You can tell them this is the way it's going to be. This does not give us an excuse to turn our eyes away from sin. Absolutely not. Because if, if we're a watchman on the wall and we see sin coming, if we see an army coming to the city and we say nothing, then the blood is called upon on us. So this is not saying that we don't don't correct sin or look at sin or expose sin or any of those things. What it does say is that we are called to be ambassadors of the love of the kingdom of God because the number one thing in this community that needs more than anything else is somebody to love them. Somebody to love them beyond where they are, what's going on in their life, because had it not been for God who had brought you out and broke your chains and lifted you up and brought you to where you are today, you would be right there. It's God that gets the glory and not us. It's God that gets the glory. The fruit of the Spirit, the number one thing is love. Everything else falls apart if you don't have love. If you're not loving God, if you're not being an ambassador of love, if you won't speak lovingly, if you won't show forth the love of God through you and around you, you will literally force, you'll force people away from God. You'll, you'll push an entire generation. This does not mean that there are that we cannot in any way, shape, or form. Let me say it one more time, but this doesn't mean that we don't put barriers and we don't say, Listen, you can come this far and no further. You can't do this. There are certain things you can't do in love God. It's just as blunt as we can be. But the reality is it's about what's inside of here. So let me give you some more. Let me give you some more. The example of the love of God, and I want you to, to, to recognize something about salvation and what it means, and how we are to live, and how we are to move. The love of God which comes into this room, the love of God for brothers and sisters, the love of God that is there, it it calls us, it speaks to us, it helps us make it to the next day. We are are in, in place of this world. We are number one people that should be loving one another. Jesus said that you will know that they are Christians by their love, not by how much they speak in tongues. I can tell you that there are so many grandmas that have come before you in this church, and the reason why you're here today is because they loved you, because they prayed for you. There's mamas that have come through this place, and I'm not saying that some of them, I mean, I think I was 30 years old before I saw my own mother in pants. That's that's between her and God. That's nothing to do with me. That's, uh, that's her walk. That's her thing. That's her issue. But the reality is, is that I'm not going to tell somebody else what to do. They need to find that on their own with God. They need to live. Now, there are certain issues that you've got to walk with. There are certain things you've got to uphold. There are certain things that, that you've got to have in your life that we need to make certain that are there. And that is uh, and the fruit of the Spirit. And one, number one is love. And by having love in your life, by having love around where you go, you're able to recognize that that person loves Jesus and that person is called of God. When we don't love people and we don't let people know this, we missed the point of why Jesus came here to start with. The Word of God tells us, clearly, the Word of God tells us that we, we, have to, we have to be ambassadors of this love and that Jesus came into this world as love. He came with the fulfillment of a task to show you what love looks like. Let me explain to you again. I, I said this a little bit Sunday in Sunday school, so this will be repeated for some of you. But hear me this morning. You see... We have one father, and it's from a human perspective. We have one father, and we all are descendants from Adam. And the reality is, is that Adam has passed on his fall from generation to generation to generation. We, We are born with this innate ability, as Jesus called us, to be children of the devil. That means... Jesus called us what we truly are. We surrendered this thing. We died as a human race on that day. And we lost out with God completely. Our spirit body, our spirit died that day. And so we as a human race have fallen. And there is literally no good in anybody, the Bible says. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We live in an atmosphere where there is nothing good about the human race. The only thing that has been good is by God putting it here. Meaning that you didn't even have the faith to believe in Jesus. God put it in you. He gave every person, the Bible says, a measure of faith. Meaning that you weren't born with the onboard ability to even believe God. When you were born into this world, you didn't know anything about God. You had no understanding of God. And and if by not by walking away, if no one ever brought you to church, if no one ever brought you into this place, you would have died and lost out without God. And the reality that God so unless God reached out to you, you would have never came to the Lord. It's God that gets the priority. We live in this world. So what what Christianity is, and I was explaining this to somebody this week, and it's been stuck in my soul, this person that has gone from from, uh, terrible things in their life. They've gone through several different issues over, and they've sought out God in in many different areas, and, and, and even in the church, and they've misunderstood what's going on, because what's going on here today isn't God isn't trying to make you better people. God's trying to change you. Into something totally different. The Bible says the number one thing you need to do today is to be born again. Number one. What does that mean? To be born again. To be born again means that you are a new creation in Christ. That means you're no longer the same person. That means the point of Jesus coming into this world was to birth a new humanity into this place. He was the firstborn. He's number one. He's Jesus. There was no one born like him before him. There was no one born like him after him. He is the only one, the one of a kind. He is the preeminent one, Jesus Christ. We come into the body of Christ or the family of God by being adopted. Romans 8 tells us that God has given us the spirit of adoption. Which by we can call Abba Father. That means that you don't have any right to this new creation. You don't have any say in how it works. The only way you have is Jesus Christ. You don't, there, there aren't, you're not going to find it on some mountain, in some enlightenment. You can't meditate long enough. You can't pursue, you can't be religious enough. There's nothing this flesh can do that will profit you anything. It, it has nothing, no quality about it that will, will put you into the kingdom of God. You have to start with being born again. You have to deliv- deliver yourself over to the, the altar and bow your knee to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin and wash me and make me whole. We talk about redemption and we understand that that, the, that on Easter Jesus paid the price for our sins. That Jesus died for us. And I, I was telling them this morning a little bit. But you know what? Just as a important as Easter is Christmas. Because if Jesus was not born of a virgin, if Jesus was not born completely different than you and me, he was perfect in all of his ways. He sinned not. He had a different idea. I'm telling you today that Jesus would not have died had he not given his life. He was a totally different person than you and me. He looked like us. He was found in the appearance of a man, the Bible says, but he was different than you he was different than me he was perfect they would everybody would have kept getting older and he would have stayed the same age why because he was unique in his humanity he was go, he was a beautiful in his and, and not in not in a physical way but in his spirit in his his countenance he was everything that God had put in there he is the firstborn meaning that when he was born he was connected to Mary and he was born from this womb but not Joseph and no one else he got his chromosomes from the spirit of god he was conceived by the holy ghost in the womb of mary i'm here to tell you at christmas time you need to be running and shouting and not worried about santa claus or christmas gifts because the greatest thing that ever happened into this world is that there was a new humanity and it came forth from jesus I mean, we we give gifts and we love it, and I love the season. And don't misunderstand me, but what I'm telling you is that this new humanity was born on that day. He was different. He was unique. He was holy, holier than you or I. He was innately holy. Where we would lie instinctually, he would tell the truth instinctually. Where we would instantly, we would naturally go towards sin. He naturally went toward the holiness and peacefulness. And to tell you that, listen, Mary had the greatest job raising a child in the Lord imagine that a child that never did one wanted to be wrong at all some of y'all mothers are like oh that's why his brothers and sisters probably hated him so much (laughs) be like Jesus (laughs) never mind I try not to do that why don't you be like your sister why don't you be like your brother you imagine that home life why don't you be like Jesus can't son of God how am I gonna be like Jesus Here we are. He's a new humanity, different from you and me, different the way, than any other way. He's still fully human. He's still fully human, but he is an uncorrupted, beautiful human being that is loved completely by the Father and completely loves the Father. And this relationship between him and the Father, he tells us, and he says, listen, I am the king because I'm making a way for you. I'm the king because I came and was made like you. I'm the king that I took all of this human race upon my body, upon my shoulders, and I'm going to live what Adam could not do. I'm going to live what no one could do. I'm going to beat back the devil. I'm going to push him down. I'm going to bruise his head. I'm going to crush him. I'm going to be victorious. I'm headed to that cross. And the cross was the greatest greatest example of love. From the moment that he was born as a new humanity, the angels sang songs about him, and they rejoiced at him, and they said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Why? Because all of a sudden the king was just born into this world, a king that we could not put in this world on our own, a king that, that we could not understand, and a king that we could not even imagine. And how wonderful this new creation was. But he told us he marched, he went on. His disciples didn't understand him. His family didn't understand him. His community didn't understand him. But he understood what his father in heaven had told him to do that he was going to be the firstborn among many brethren and that he needed to give his life as a ransom for many, that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was going to be, I have my king, is the devil, my king, my, my natural. abilities to go towards satanic things. But God has entered into my life and he has come into my being and he has put his spirit inside of me and he says, if you call upon me, I will answer you. If you come to me, I will deliver you. If you need me, I'll be there for you. And he changes you. He makes you new. You you are sanctified. You are filled. You are delivered. The chains of this world has broken off of you and the new humanity is now in inside of you. you This old thing is passing away, but one day he's going to make all things new. One day this corruptible is going to put on incorruption and this mortal is going to put on immortality and you shall be changed. In a moment of a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, at the last thing, at the last moment of time Jesus is going to step out on that cloud and everything that the devil tried to do to push you down, to hold you back He's going to make new in one moment of one time and one second, and we shall run, and we shall run, and we shall run. Listen, I was with Joe this week. Brother Joe Nichols, you never stop praying for him. I was praying with him. And as we, we started talking about, Brother Joe knows you. He knows, he may not be able to communicate with his mouth, but he knows you, even though he's had a stroke. And I was praying with him, and I told him, I said, Joe, God's got a new body for you. And he just started crying. The presence of God filled that moment. And even though I knew, I couldn't understand what he was saying, I knew he was Longing for that moment where this corruptible body is going to be permanently gone. And the new body. I said, Brother Joe, you're going to run one day. And he stood up and just began to rejoice. Hear me today. We, this this, this world, this place, is not a home. We are sojourners, pilgrims, passing through. We got a new daddy. Our father the devil wanted to kill, steal, and destroy. But we were adopted into a new family and given a new name. And we are changed inside. We are changed We are not the same, and if you are changed, then the evidence of that change, the number one is that you love like God loves, that you're no longer the works of the flesh are simply this, the works of the satanic realm that we live in. We so easily naturally go to it. Paul lists some, but listen, there's a whole lot more works of the flesh that are found there in Galatians 5, 19 and on. There's, there's more there that we naturally will do have if Jesus doesn't intervene. And I want to tell you this morning, in reality, if they go ahead and come to the instruments, the reality is, is that you and I, we have we have a call, we have a purpose, we have a, we have a mission that God has placed in this church, and that that our our goal is not to make better people. Our goal is to birth whole new people. We are called to be midwives. We are called to be those that help birth people into the kingdom. That when they come to this altar... They say, I'm carrying the weight of this world. I'm carrying sin. I'm carrying the pain. I'm carrying the drugs. I'm carrying the addiction. I'm carrying the loss. I'm carrying all this. We are called to say, listen... We know it. We've been there. And had Jesus not delivered us, we'd be there too. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you about a man named Jesus, a man who walked this path, who, 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 like, I kind of think of him like this, where he had the sword of the Spirit, and he was the one making the way and cutting the path and telling us, if you follow me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'll bring you to the Father if you just follow me. If you don't get involved in your own thing, if you feel like you can do it, you can't do it. I'm here to tell you: in your flesh, there is no good thing. But if you come to Jesus, He'll heal your flesh. He'll bless you and help you. The Bible tells us our main priority is to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. I I am called to be crucified. I'm called to be to be put. Over here, I'm called to say this flesh, I've got to put it there. I've got to put my priority on the spirit. i got to put my priority on the mind of God. i got to put my priority on knowing the Lord. i got to put my priority on letting God be first and let the flesh be last. We usually flip that. We usually have the priority of the flesh first and the spirit last. I'm telling you this. Hear me today. The priority is for you to say, what would God do in my life? What does God want for me in my life? What does God have for my family? And that way I can live out this law of love wherever I go. That I'm a new creation. That I'm different than I was before. This external may look the same, but internally I've been made right in Christ. Internally I've been changed. Internally I've been sanctified. Internally I'm now not the same person. God has brought me out. God has lifted me up. God has set me free. God has made me something different than I was before. Amen? Y'all, stay with me, I say this about every, every month. They're pretty and everything, but look at me. As we finish this this morning, I want you to realize salvation isn't just you making a mental decision that I'm going to walk with God. Salvation is making you a new creation in God. That had it not been for the Lord who is on your side, you couldn't make these decisions. Had it not been for God who has brought you out, you couldn't make it. I'm holy because he's making me holy. I'm holy. And listen, you're going to dress different, talk different, look different, act different once you become part of the family of God. I can't make you do that, but the Holy Ghost is going to make you want to do that. He's going to come inside of you, and you're going to naturally want to do what God wants done. You're going to naturally want to do what God wants in your life. And you'll be conflicted in your spirit until you do what God tells you to do. You'll say, I know I should be doing this. and I know I need to do this. I know. And your flesh is saying, I want to go this way. And your spirit is saying, no, I need to do this. And it's at that moment that you say, you got a choice to make. Am I going to kill this flesh and say, Lord, your will be done, your work in my life, your love in my life. I want to love like unlike anything else. I want to be like anything else. I want to be glorified in Jesus Christ, and Him alone. I want Him to be my King. I want Him. He came into this world to set up a kingdom. And I'm here to tell you that every good thing in this world that you take for granted and I take for granted today is because the King Jesus came. Came into this world and made a new humanity that one day will find its fulfillment when he steps out on that cloud. Oh, don't, don't, allow, don't allow the world to take you down paths of unforgiveness. Don't allow the world to take you down paths of bitterness and hopelessness. But let the King Jesus give you the priority. Let, let, let King Jesus show you that you're the head and not the tail. Let King Jesus show you that the world may not like you. And you may not be accepted by those that don't understand you, but there is something inside of you that has changed. There's something deep within your being that's changed and you're not the same person anymore. You're, you're, you're walking different. You're looking different. You're acting different. Your, your family won't recognize you. Your friends won't recognize you. They'll remind you where you were, but I'm here to tell you what he's going to do is change your future. I know all about my past. I've been there, but I can tell you who's in my future and it's totally different. Than way it was back then. He's made all things new. Stand with me in this room this morning. Without love being number one, without love being number one, you'll never make it. Let me read to you this verse: Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in wickedness or iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. One more time. Love never fails. One day, these spiritual gifts, prophecies, tongues, one day when we're in that new kingdom, when Jesus is sitting on that throne, those things will go away. No one's going to be so concerned about how much you spoke in tongues while you're in this world. They're going to be concerned about how much you love somebody. That's what Paul's meaning here. Not that right now tongues are going to cease. But in that kingdom, when he's on the throne, in the new Jerusalem, when you see him face to face, I don't need tongues. I'll just talk to him. I'll just say, Jesus, I've enjoyed this day. I've had a day. Let me tell you what I've been. I've been running around this place trying to find something on the other side of the world. And you brought me back with that song, that bell, to come worship in your house. Let me tell you how wonderful it is. I've been searching you out. I've been looking for that, that thing that you planted over there and told me about. I, listen, you have no idea what that world is like. You, you think this big universe is out there just so we can look at it and think there's something. It's it's undefinable. It goes beyond. And even what you imagine, it just keeps going and going. Listen, this new creation goes far beyond what your brain can even conceive. Oh, I wish, I wish I could sit you back down and explain that to you for a little bit. Hear me today. This world is different than we're going to. Look at Philip when he was on that moment. In one moment, he was... With the Ethiopian, and he was talking with him, and then in the spirit, in the next moment he was transported over to another place. Listen, this world, the, the physics that you understand and how you think we're gonna travel, I'm telling you, it's gonna be phenomenal what God has in front of you, what the kingdom of God looks like, where there's no death, no cancer, no disease, no parting, no sickness, where Lord you live forever and ever and ever, and you run and you run. And you run and you never been tired because Jesus has made all things new and everything's back the way it should have been from the very beginning. I'm telling you, it's the greatest act of love you've ever seen. Where he came down to a people who sold them out, who forgot about them and said, I'm gonna love you when you don't love me. I'm gonna help you when you didn't help me, and I'm gonna pull you out and attach myself to you. And if you love me, I'll bring you to that place where heaven is, is your home and the earth is where you live and God is going to be with you forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. forever. That kingdom is where we're going today. Your loved ones that have gone on, they're waiting for us. That's where we're headed. Because of the love of Jesus. Love never fails. Love never fails. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.